welcome back everyone to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. This is episode 71. How many Altmer does it take? This is Classic Elder Scrolls brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network. Available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Today's record date is Turdus! Mid-year the 8th, and I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Evarwin! And I am joined by this man right here, who hates orcs, but second to that, he has a strong distaste for Altmer, unless covered in barbecue sauce. Mike! Yeah, if, you had, if you had the Maomer, a Minotaur, you have a great barbecue, because then you have pork, chicken, fish, and beef. That sounds delicious. <laughs> My Bosmer thinks so. <laughs> I, I bet your Bosmer does. <laughs> um, Zephin, uh, the, the strongest man in Tamriel, couldn't be here today because his uh, his hate for Altmer is only slightly less than that of our friend Rob Rage Philosophy. But I'll tell you what, who is making his triumphant return back to Classic. The one, the only, he's back and brought his maple syrup cocktail with him, our sonarist, Mark. This. You you bring me back for this. Altmer. Altmer. <sighs> I'm going to need more of these maple syrup cocktails. <laughs> keep, keep them coming. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you miss so many episodes. Avarwin comes oh. up with this idea of, hey, let's do a whole series on the Altmer. <laughs> Can you at least untie me? I swear I won't run. <laughs> no. Sit down. And, no, and enjoy the Altmer. <laughs> I challenge that that's even possible. No, it's it's great to be back. I'm sorry I've been away so long. Uh, life gets busy at times, but it, I am I'm glad to be back in the saddle, even if this one's going to be painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not because I have to deal with you guys. It's 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 the topic. It's the topic. Well, maybe the uh, I'll tell you what's well, I'll tell you what's not painful for me is is not being in Morrowind and streaming. That's what's not painful for me. I'm really happy about being in Oblivion right now. <laughs> it looks so advanced. <laughs> um, Mark, I, I, we got, guys, we have got an amazing show for you tonight. We really, really do. I know it's about the Altmer. However, um, I'm excited for this, for this episode, um, simply because of the information that we're, we're covering. Um, this is... You know, it's a far cry from from Vivek's thirty seven, thirty six sermons, uh, with uh, you know his feet getting cut off and and just tons of. Hey, Mike. By the way, did it mention if he pushed back at all with Molag Ball? What do you mean by push back? <laughs> I'll let you figure that one out. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move beyond that last episode. Okay, we're here about the Altmer. And uh, I'm really excited to <laughs> talk about them. Um, Mark, would you please let everyone know, uh, before we jump into anything here, how, how people can uh, interact with us? Of course. Well, they can watch us live on YouTube, on, uh, sorry, on Twitch TV uh, at www.twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, if you want to email us, and we love getting your emails, we you can do so at Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. You can, can, of course, find us on the web on our uh, own website at uh, questgamingnetwork.com. And, you know, if you're into that whole social media thing that the kids do nowadays, 
uh, with, with their big baggy pants. Uh, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR or on almost got through that. Almost had or it. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash quest gaming network. You know, it's it's not me doing something unless I completely flub it at some point. So uh, back in the saddle. <laughs> Where you belong. And we're happy yeah. to have you back. I'm so happy Mark's here. Well, Mark, why don't we uh, why don't we continue with this? Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, t- what what are we playing today? What are we doing? Well, today we are in Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. Oblivion. Uh, we are doing the No Stone Unturned quest, and uh, where we're going to well, everyone will find out. Uh, in the history of, we are doing the Altmer. Our discussion will be. Why we love to hate the Altmer. And in the Snars archives, we are going to do 10 things we love. What? What? No, 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 we're not doing this. Done. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, plus, we're not. Of course, plus, of course, we have our fast question of the week, the crafting table, this week in Tamriella holidays, a gameplay challenge of the week, and we have some emails. Yeah, when listening to Mark say that, I think he has a second ESO account that is nothing but eight Altmer. I believe it. Yeah, I think so. I believe it. I hate you guys so much. (laughs) (laughs) Just pound down that that syrup cocktail, dude. (laughs) Just pound it down. It's going to be a long show for him. (laughs) There's not enough dead trees. (laughs) There's not not enough maple trees in all of Canada. Um, well, Mike, why don't you, uh, why don't we go, uh, why don't we, why, oh, yes, 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 <clears throat> pardon me, uh, excuse me, uh, put your paws together for the, the, uh, uh five most interesting moments in, in all of Ethereus, uh, the two moons horoscope with my friend, Jazzledar. Ah, thank you. Ah, you're welcome. Everyone claims that this one should go to Vardenfeld, but this one has no time to go that far north. And while this one likes his sand warm, molten lava is too hot for this one's boss. Letters from this one's friend, Madriel, has indicated he has once again crossed path with the lovely Naryu and has met a living god. But most of all, he has found the source of the bear plague and calls the island Wardenfowl. I do not know why. Hmm. Lastly, he said that he sent a shipment of new decorations for this one's house in Dune. Now that we have found the source of this bear plague, let us see if we can predict the next plague before it happens. <laughs> it's a bear plague. <laughs> Magnus and Joan are in opposition, meaning the Secunda, as a full moon, predisposes one to edginess and agitation. It, is, it also increases the risks of accidents. Let us hope that this sundust, someone accidentally says something about opening a new Elder Scroll. Uh, then soon Jod and Joan shall be opposing crescents never a good portent as it is usually followed by conflict there is a stirring in Cyrodiil that mid-year, as mid-year approaches be careful for mayhem shall ensue if the moons are aligned correctly so till we meet again may warm sands be in your future oh Jazzledar is his portent of Bear plagues is very interesting. I'll be sure to stay away from Wardenfell. Yes. Do not know why there's two V's when all of it is W's. This is right. Yes, yes. 
Yes, this, the furless ones, right? Very uh, unusually. <laughs> I barely almost understood that. <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you did there. <laughs> At which point of all, we just turns to this mark out. <laughs> but <laughs> no dad jokes for you. <laughs> Um, all right, folks. Uh, so, so, um, let me, uh, see if I can catch up on the notes a little bit here. Uh, see what we got going on. Uh, yeah, here we go. All right. So this week in Tamriella holidays, Mike, let's, let's stay with you on this. Cause, um, mid year, the first and the fifth, uh, brought, uh, brought two interesting days for us. Did it not? Yes. On mid year, the first, the Yukudin holiday of Drig Razib held in the hottest time of year in Alibangora, on the western coast of Hammerfell, in the Iliac Bay region. It is a jubilation held for the sun, Dabelathe, itself. Scholars do not know how long Drig Razib has been held, but it is possible the Red Guards brought the festival with them when they came in the first era. And then mid-year the 5th is Hercene's summer summoning day. So for all of you uh, infected with lycanthropy, uh, make sure you get out there and summon Hearsing to hear your wolf cries. Mm. You, you know, it's funny. I actually, my very first character, Carnigan, in uh, Daggerfall, that was where his main house was, in, in Abibangora. Basically, I just liked one of the houses there, moved in. Not anywhere near any of the main quest stuff. It was in the middle of nowhere, but it was a cool house. <laughs> so, basically... It, you were a squatter on top of being a murder hobo. Right, Mark? That's what it sounds like. Sounds like yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> um All right. Uh before we I'm sorry, my mic was muted. Uh, no. <laughs> How did that happen? You were you were just talking. I don't know. I was saying, you know, I, I paid for that damn house through the nose. I mean I went to a bunch of banks in other uh, provinces and then just took out loans and never repaid them, but I still paid for it. So. <laughs> uh, Daggerfall with your crazy banking system. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. We've got, a, like I said, we've got a great show for you uh, lined up today. Um, once again, I'll reiterate, you know, we are going to be talking about uh, the history of the Altmer. And then um, Mark is going to jump into the Sonarist archives and we're going to show... Not just the lore of of the Altmer, which Mike is going to present, but also how the Altmer have changed in in the series. And we're gonna we're gonna do a, a bit of a, a I wouldn't say a deep dive, but we're definitely gonna be talking about how how you know attributes and, and whatnot and and um, from Arena to what Elder Scrolls Online, I suppose. Did you go that far with it, Mark? Uh. Yeah, I can easily get to... I forgot to add uh, online into my notes, but that'll take me two seconds. Okay. So Great. Yeah. Great. Thanks yeah, for I told you, flexible. he has a whole other account that's just Altmer. Sure does. Um, also... <laughs> I uh, have it memorized. <laughs> which is which is impressive because you hate the Altmer. Um, and then we've got... A, I think we got a couple of interesting um, discussion points that we want to bring up later in the show, plus uh, plus one plus an email that we'd like to get into. Uh, but first, before we get into any of that, any of that um, we want to just quickly mention a few things. Number one, uh, the BE3 2017 pre-show and show will be happening this Sunday, June 11th at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so, so 
check us out here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork, with uh, some of your favorite QGN hosts, uh, hosted by Shaleen. We uh, did confirm that Shaleen will be here uh, Sunday night to host the Bethesda E3, or the BE3, show happening here on our on our Twitch channel, so that's great. Glad to have her, of course. Um, also... Uh, speaking of uh, BE3, Bethesda announced a Twitch drop program. Uh, just go to Bethesda.net and link your Twitch account to earn in-game rewards for watching BE3 and other future Bethesda titles, title streams. Uh, QGN store is open, guys. Okay, go to QuestGamingNetwork.com and click on our, our shop tab. Uh, you can also buy... Tickets for QGN Con on the website. If you register on the website, you'll have access to a ton of our Flash video games. You'll have uh, access to our instant messenger service. Um, I, I would really like to plug the website. Um, we don't earn any money off of your traffic there, but it is a, uh, it's a, it's a great site for the community. You'll get our TeamSpeak information where you're invited. All of you who listen to any of our shows are invited to join us on TeamSpeak and hang out and talk with us. We've got a, a fantastic community, no matter what time during the day. Um, if you're an early morning person, or an afternoon, or an evening, or even a very late, late night person as well, uh, there's always going to be some kind of community surrounding, um, especially our, our Elder Scrolls Online community, uh, surrounding our TeamSpeak server. So uh, come on in, introduce yourself. We'd love to make friends. And uh, we also have a download link there uh, for you as well, so you can you can download Teamspeak uh, off of off of their website for whatever platform you're using. Um, more than that, uh, you, there's a, a great form there in which you can use to email any of our shows. It's very easy. You don't need you don't need to retain any of that information. You just come here, go go to the QuestGamingNetwork.com site, fill out the form below, and uh, Use the drop-down menu and select which show you'd like for it to go to, and that's it. Done. Really, really, really easy. Um, and additionally, now we have a brand new in-beta uh, ESO submit your ESO build. Okay, whatever build you're using, if you want to share it with an Elder Scrolls Online community, you can do that at questgamingnetwork.com. Um, and we also sort it by class and then by role. So if you play a Warden Healer, uh, you can find builds on there for... Warden Healers. Just go to the uh, drop-down menu on the top bar, select Warden, select Healer, and there there it is. Uh, it's in beta right now. It's not fully launched yet. We're still working out some kinks, and we're also looking to populate it as well. So we are looking for uh, anyone and everyone to submit the their current build, and um, this way other people can, can check it out and, and uh, leave comments on how they like it and uh, uh, ways to, to improve uh, if, if that's necessary. So, uh, everyone, check out questgamingnetwork.com. That's all the stuff that we offer on there, plus so many other things. Our podcasts, our videos. We've got sponsors there as well. Like I said, we've got the QGN shop that's there, and it's really just a great site. And um, we're going to be adding more features like that to it, where you just go there and just kind of have fun. I think I even mentioned we have an instant messenger service, so if you happen to be logged in with somebody else there as well, uh, you guys can instant message each other. It's kind of cool. Anyway, um, that's that. Uh, let's jump into some of our gameplay discussion, guys. Um, starting off with our weekly challenge, which we issued on Elder Scrolls Off the Record. We want to uh, throw out there one more time that your current weekly challenge, guys. Okay, the theme is thinking outside the box, and this one is called The Exception. 
Create a brand new character in any Elder Scrolls game of your choice, Legends 2, and play totally different than you normally do, with one exception! Keep one, and only one aspect of your preferred gameplay. Change everything else. So that's it, that's the exception. Um, hopefully we'll get uh, some of your submissions, either photos or builds or stories. You could tweet them at us or email us at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. And we, uh, we hope to hear how you're enjoying this new challenge. Uh, Mark, let's start with you. What, uh, what have you been doing in game? Well, for the first time, I would say in uh, probably three or four months, I've actually been able, had time to really play video games. So that's been fantastic. Um, I have been diving into The Warden. Uh, I, okay, here's the thing. I've spent the last two and a bit years in the well, frankly, since since early access in ESO, playing the same character. My main character, he's a he only heavy armor tank, sword and board all the way. Same character. I don't think I have changed. No, I have not changed anything but the color of his armor since I hit uh, 160 champion points. I this I have otherwise had one mage that I slogged my way up to level 50 with. Slogged you and yeah, I'll, I'll actually explain that in a moment. Um, and I've had a dragon knight and uh, a a dragon knight and a knight blade and a templar sitting at level 12, 6 and 24 for months and months and months. And this is because, simply because, switching over to the bow and medium armor for the Templar, eh, not really feeling it. Switching over to the, um, uh, to a sorcerer with uh, staves and, you know, staffs and everything, eh, not really feeling it. Nightblade, same thing. Just, I don't know. I just couldn't get into playing these different classes i just kept finding uh like i took up two weapon fighting to try and get some extra damage into my into my uh templar into my main but really it came down to the only way i was finding i was actually really enjoying um my like my play style was tanking sword and board i just found it was more engaging so uh, time to try out a warden. I decide, you know what? I'm going to go a bit of a mixture of armor. I'm going to go with uh, two-handed sword. Let's try this out. And I'm loving it. I am really enjoying it. Um, in fact, I have been enjoying it so much that I actually got the character to level 18 in less than a week. Oh, wow. Really, I got her from level 8 to level... No, level 7 to level 15 in one night. Because I was trying to get to level 15 for daggers, which was the night the next night. Um, So I just... You know, I was really enjoying it. And after daggers, I got to level 18 and I realized, Wow, I'm really enjoying this character. But this character was made in the Ebonheart Pact. <laughs> Delete, uh, started over uh, again. Oh, no. <laughs> Last night, I started over again on <sighs> Sunday. I didn't get to play for like two nights. Mark, why, why did you do that? 
because I was enjoying her so much, I was not going to continue this in the Ebonheart pack. I was going back to Daggerfall, baby, because that's where the real th- fun's at. Wow, okay, all so right, okay. So I rebuilt the character. I went, and last night, in effectively another two and a half, you know, two days of play or so, I got to level 18 again. And I hit level 18, and I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm far enough now. I should probably make new armor. I think the last time I made it was level 8, 12. Let me check. No, level 4. Yeah, but Mark, I mean, you could have always gone back to the Daggerfall Covenant areas. and. But no, no th- this is the thing. I want this to be my main character. So when really? I go into Cyrodiil... Get out of want... here. Yeah. What about oh, Carnegie? When he goes into Cyrodiil, I'm still going to kill him. What about your Imperial tank? Oh, he no, he's still around. I'm going to mostly use him as a crafter. I'll do all the new, any new content with him. Wow. But this is the character that I really want to, really want to play now because it's such a different experience, but I'm actually enjoying so, so using is, a different weapon. So this is it you know, for you, huh? The, this is shockingly. it. Shockingly. I, I mean, now, yeah. you know, this is, the, I'm playing a warden mm-hmm. and I found, now here's, here's the thing. I'm still going to tank. I'm still picking up sword and board. Because I I love tanking in this game. I find it very engaging. But I also find that I'm building a character who I can do my tanking, but then I can also have them as a damage dealer as well. And just I love switching back and forth between them. So I'm enjoying this character so much. I figure, you know what? That's We'll go with this. It's yeah. not even an optimized character. It's a no. Dunmer. And they're not the best of the tanks. But it doesn't matter. No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you you've got the ability to do um, damage, and because we have so many tanks in our guild, and when we get all get together, it's like, who's actually going to to tank? We have to draw lots, and then everybody's like, oh, I don't, I can't do damage, you know, yeah. I can't, ta- I have to be the tank. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, yeah, gear change. You can, I'll, everybody can do damage. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me no, tell you that- something, Mark. Um, I'm glad you're saying this because. Um, I've been working on a couple of wardens here and there. I've got like a mage type of a warden mm-hmm. uh, where where she's doing like a destruction magic kind of um, uh, winter's embrace sort of a thing. Um, yeah. I have a warden that is is using um, leather armor and and dual wielding uh, with I think some I think winter's embrace as well. But then yeah. I I created a heavy armor Nord. With a two-handed weapon, warden, fully stamina, uh, with with two-handed weapon skills and uh, animal companion skill line. Yep. And um, right now I'm using um, dive with scorch and the the uh, the ultimate, which is uh, the the um, what do they call it the guardian feral guardian. I think is what it's called. Yeah. And so, bear plague, bear plague. The bear, it's it's great. It really is oh, yeah. great. I, I love it. It's uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it too. And I totally understand where you're coming from. And it's sort of funny how how I was lukewarm about the the um, sort of uh, like magic aversion of of the warden. I was feeling a little bit better about a a uh, like a stamina based sort of like dual wielding warden. But once I once I got my uh, my big old Big old burly uh, Nord two-handed weapon wielding guy uh, warden. I, I I just I'm I I love it. 
I really mm-hmm. love it. So I, I definitely feel like what you're talking about with I kind of have a very similar story on this too. Like yeah. you know, you've got a tank and, and you want you want your new warden to sort of be your main. Um, I mean, I I, I kind of feel as if like my my tank is always going to be my main no matter what. So I'll always pass, you know, uh, DP. I'll always pass on on um, on DPS gear. Yeah. But but the fact is is that I'm I'm loving this. I'm going to be playing this guy too for for quite a while as well. Yeah. No, definitely. A- actually, funny thing. Uh, last week, we um, on Daggers, we did an all warden run. Mm-hmm. Every single all we knew about was that. that each other that we had each made a warden. Um, and of course, I always tank in Daggers. Ray is always our healer. Uh, Rage is always D- Rage and Tim are always DPS. So we came to the table, and at the last. Just before I had decided, before we showed up, I decided, you know what? I'm going to pick up sword and board because I've just got my weapons swap, so I can tank now because I was able to get my taunt. Uh, and basically, it was just you know, so we get there and Ray is healing, R- Rage is doing DPS. I'm tanking again. It just so happened no one decided. Uh, Tim was sort of a bit split around, but so we started doing. We did like three group dungeons and. When we went to the first one, uh, Rage and I both had our bears out. And then Ray put her bear out. And then Tim got his bear. So all of a sudden, there's the four of us running in with our four bears <laughs> running bear around. Bear plague. Bear plague. And then, and bear then we plague. started putting out our pet bears. <laughs> our um, bear pets. So all of a sudden, it was, oh, it was unbearably funny. Oh, my God. And you're riding bears. Yes. And and they're riding bears. That was how we got around too. <laughs> Damn it! All right, guys. Um, you, I, you know what? I gotta I gotta take two seconds. I gotta step away from the microphone just for a minute here. I see Liz is saying something in chat, and I got a gift for her, which I kind of forgot to give. Um, but I'm gonna give her that gift in just a second. But Mike, what I want you to do is I want you to I want you to go into your gameplay. All right, just give me two seconds. I'll be right back. Okay. So right. I really haven't had much in the way of like classic games. But one of the things that I found myself doing is watching on YouTube um, the Beyond Skyrim series. Uh, there's a group out there that's making the different zones of Cyrodiil in the Skyrim engine. And okay, I just found myself fascinated by these uh, these videos that they've been making in the hopes that eventually I'll be able to get it on my computer and actually be starting to run it uh, as, I guess, an extended mod. Have you seen these, Mark? I've seen. I just saw the uh, the Bruma one. Yeah, the fact that they put in so much effort, like the new models, the new textures, it looks like Bruma from Oblivion, but with all the Skyrim stuff around it. And it was like, holy crap! So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. There was a Minotaur in it. So there, there's all kinds of new assets that have been added. So I'm really oh, hoping. Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 looking forward to that. That's going to yeah. be awesome. And uh, it's set in the the same time frame as Skyrim, so it's not a remake. It's not you know Skyblivion or you know Skywind type of thing where they're recreating the Oblivion or Sky or Morrowind game in Skyrim. This is a, a standalone alternate, uh, um, you know, um, what's going on in Cyrodiil, but you know, not official canon. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's really kind of cool. Oh yeah, no, it it really works that well. 
uh, no, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I've been playing ESO. I mean, that's pretty much the gameplay that I have had. Uh, I made a warden, but I'm not going to play her until my horses are a little bit more trained. Uh, she has great tracks of land, and I'm waiting until June for the return <laughs> of the boob window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Uh... <laughs> That's a, what what is the it's not the it's not the um buoyant armager uh set it's it's something else what, well what, it has the buoyant in the the first part and so there's two <laughs> different versions coming one is the in and of itself. Uh, buoyant elegant ensemble i think mm-hmm. or gallant ensemble and i can't remember what the other one is one is like a full dress the other is uh, a pants and shirt type of thing so okay um so so uh, I had a uh, an extra uh, Morrowind code, uh, collector's edition Morrowind code laying about. Um, I bought the uh, I bought the I had bought the physical collector's edition, and then I I actually bought the digital collector's edition as well. This way I could get into the um, what do you call it the uh, the early access. This way we could cover it on the show. So when the physical collector's edition came came round, um, I I didn't redeem the the physical collector's edition code. Uh, there was just no need to. So um, I just uh, just sent that over to Liz. Awesome. This way, nice. yeah, as as uh, as our <laughs> gift to her. Uh, this way, because I know um, she hasn't had a moment to get Morrowind and. I would like for her to. She's been. She's been. She's been wanting it. <laughs> so, Liz, I know you're off, Mike. Um, but uh, that's for you. Okay, I've been meaning to give it to you, and um, I'd like you to have it. So, so there. So there it is. And um, I think also uh, you 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 were added to the call at one point um, on this episode. So if you like, you can uh, you can jump in at any time and you know and and say hi if uh, if you. If, you know, if you can do it on uh, on Skype, we'd we'd love to you know get your get your reaction. But but there so it is. Marwin, I have a question for you. Did your yeah. physical edition show up on the sixth? Yeah, it did. God damn it! Yeah, many but does didn't. it fix your mail? <laughs> many <laughs> didn't. I know. I know that many did not. But uh, but mine actually did. I was one of the the luckier ones. Yeah, I mean, um, today's the eighth, and it still hasn't shown up. And uh, so they better get their head out of their butt because. When the original launch came out, uh, I had bought a physical edition, and they gave us that 48 hours to redeem your code to maintain playing, mm-hmm. and it didn't show up for two more weeks, and I was pissed off. Oh, I bet. You know, yeah, I can imagine. And uh, so, you know, now I got uh, Morrowind. I sent the uh, copy of the email receipt from Bethesda to Zoss, and they activated my Morrowind, which is fine. Uh, I still haven't gotten like all the the pre-order bonus package stuff because the codes have to come with that. But my physical edition isn't here yet, so you still haven't gotten it. No. Oh wow. And it's not like I live in a little podunk town, you know, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, yeah, it's a fairly major metropolitan area. <laughs> all right. So well, let's um we'll see. let's jump ahead, guys. Um, I know I know we've got a a tweaked audio ad that we want to we want to we want to do, but I think we uh, I think we went a little long with the gameplay section here especially for it being you know all morrowind based um elder scrolls online morrowind based so I, i'd like to just jump right into uh to the history of if uh if you guys don't mind yeah 
All right. Of course. Well, without any further ado, Mike, you you have the floor. The Altmer, or self-titled cultured people, are tall, golden-skinned race hailing from the Somerset Isles. They are also known as High Elves by the denizens of Tamriel. So let's take a look at some books that they're found in. And one of the big things before we started the show that we were talking about, the Altmer themselves are very difficult to find a lot on. So we only have a couple of books. Now there's stuff on the Somerset Isles itself. There's stuff on the Thalmor. There's stuff on the Sigix. But if you want to see, you know, stuff on the day-to-day events, the, the people that are in the Somerset Isles, the Altmer, there's relatively few books. Unlike the Nords, the Bretons, the uh, Dark Elves, the Khajiit. So this, you know, could lead to the fact that there's a whole culture that needs to be fleshed out more uh, for Elder Scrolls VI. But let's take a look at what we do have. Before the Ages of Man, in the Middle Morethic era, the Aldmeri, mortals of elven origin, refugees left their doomed and now lost continent of Aldmeris, also known as Old Elnafe. And settled in southwestern Tamriel, the first colonies were distributed at wide intervals on islands along the entire coast of Tamriel. Later, inland settlements were founded, primarily in fertile lowlands in southwest and central Tamriel. Wherever the beast folk encountered the elves, the sophisticated, literate, technologically advanced Aldmeri culture displaced the primitive beast folk of the jungle, marshes, mountains, and wastelands. The Adamantine Tower was rediscovered and captured by the Dereni, a prominent and powerful Aldmeri clan. And the Crystal Tower was built on the Somerset Isles and later the White Gold Tower in Cyrodiil. So this is where they come from. So they're still at the writing of this book, the Aldmeri, not the Altmer. Right, they came from Aldmeris. Now, is there any information as to like what happened to to their uh, the the initial place they came from, Aldmeris? Uh, old Eldefe, they just disappeared. I mean, it's one of those things that they've never fleshed out a ton with. Uh, it's kind of like Yokudin. I mean, it you know, it disappeared. Uh, whether it sank into the sea or, you know, just left the place kind of like uh, the Sigix Arteum did. Um, there isn't a ton that I could find on it, but we'll cover more on, like, the Somerset Isles itself uh, in an upcoming episode. So okay, sounds good. You you know, I kind of hope then that we're going to get an Elder Scrolls in which Somerset Isle is being invaded by even more racist elves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that you know the Aldmer themselves. When you look at it and the splitting of the elven kind, uh, one of the first splits is the the Dereni and the Eliads, um, the uh, Dwemer, the Bosmer. And then uh, you get the Chimmer and the Orsimer uh, split that happens later. And eventually the Aldmer that remain on Somerset just start calling themselves the Altmer, I guess. Yeah, no, but I'm saying that, you know, all the the place they originally came from suddenly comes back and even more, you know, these other elves come over and they they treat uh, the Altmer the way Altmer treat everyone else. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, oh, so this is what we've been doing? We're monsters. <laughs> Lay off the spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> spray tan? <laughs> 
so continuing look at the Aldmer Society as they become the Altmer. Uh, the Blessed Isle of Eleanor and the Somersets. Uh, early Aldmer society was agricultural and politically egalitarian. A system of ancestor worship had been exported whole from Aldmeris and brought with it communal spirits that served the early settlers of Somerset well. When the Aldmer came together as a people to create the Crystal Tower, it was not a monument to any king or god, but rather to the spirit of the elven people, living and dead. Within the glittering walls of the tower are housed the graves of early Aldmeri settlers, preserved forever as a lasting symbol to the power of the people for that brief moment in history, fully unified. Gradually, as society grew, social stratification increased. A hierarchy of class began to form, which is still largely enforced in Somerset to this day. At the top are the wise, teachers, and priests, followed by the artists, princes, warriors, landowners, merchants, and workers. Below workers are the beasts, which are the enslaved goblins who the Aldmer used to perform jobs beneath the dignity of the very least of them. The religion of the people also changed. Because of this change in society, no longer did the Aldmer worship their own ancestors, but the ancestors of their betters, Ariel, Trinimac, Sirabane, and Fianster, are among the many ancestor spirits who became gods. A group of elders rebelled against this trend, calling themselves the Sigics, the keeper of the old ways of Aldmeris. With their mystical powers, they were able to settle in Arteum, away from what they considered the corruption of their society. They continued to return to the land to act as advisors, but never again would they call Somerset home. It was about this time that many Aldmer left Somerset Isles to settle the mainland Tamriel. There was probably no single reason for this second exodus of the Aldmer, but some evidence, such as the famed uh, Remarin tapestries, the very ones that show some of the creatures mentioned above, show how untouched and beautiful the mainland was considered to be by the Altmer. Expeditions, such as those taken by Topol the pilot and others, had painted an image in their minds of a great land where even workers at the lowest end of the Somerset hierarchy could live as kings. The prophet Veleth was among those who had led a group of discontented Aldmer away from Somerset to the new promised land. When you read that whole paragraph there, and then you think about who Veleth led away, you have to be thinking that they were high on skooma because they settled in a land of fire and mushrooms. They might have been uh, <clears throat> partaking in those very same mushrooms. <laughs> it's like, wow, you could go anywhere. There's beautiful forest, green, you know, pasture lands, yeah. and you go to live under a fiery volcano. <laughs> oh, oh, you've been not one, you, but two. I you've see. been enjoying those mushrooms, have you? Well, have I got the place for you. <laughs> I see. I see a lot of room for for growth in in this in this lore for for the Aldmer, um, because yeah. it like you, you call out a really really good. Um, I guess a really good point. You know, you make a really good point here. Why why are you leaving? You know, basically a a elven paradise. Gorgeous over there, the Somerset Isles and Valenwood, and it's gorgeous over there. Why are you leaving? I mean, even that? moving up to the Heartlands, or you know, like the Dereni up to High Rock, mm-hmm. but instead they go to 
fire they, and brimstone. Right, <laughs> and they and they settle over there of all of all places. They literally Excuse went me. as far away from the Somerset Isles as you can go. They went to the exact opposite end of Tamriel from the Isles. Which shows you that even other elves can't stand the Elfmer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, literally. So, may, whatever... Something about their worship of the Daedra was so... so different from what the Altmer, well, the Aldmer at this point... Um, were that they felt they had to put as much distance between them as possible and really the only the only other option beyond stopping in Morrowind would to be leave the continent and get on a boat and try and find somewhere else <laughs> like and, and frankly considering that the continent to the south is just disappeared the one to the west sank the one to the north is turning into a freezing hellhole at this point and the one to the east is basically ruled by vampiric certain serpent people. They're just, you know, giant mushrooms is kind of, and volcanoes isn't all that bad. <laughs> well, it'd be great if they gave some kind of information as to why, you know, uh, why why they're of all places, you know. So I see, my, my point is that I see a lot mm -hmm. of room for, for expansion on, on this lore. Oh, and, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know the the lore writers over in Bethesda are thinking the same thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to the 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 Altmer because I know they're not the most popular uh, group out there, but the fact is is that you know with 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 seemingly so little information on them out there, you can you can really take this this race of people uh, almost anywhere. As yeah, far as motivations and story goes, uh, and, and history, you could take them almost anywhere, and and there's a lot of promise in that. And especially when you look at the the one paragraph there about how it became a stratified uh, hierarchy with classes. Pretty much the only ones that we're ever encountering are the upper echelon. You know, we're encountering the the mages, the the high learned. You know, we're not encountering the lowly workers on average for the Altmer. We're encountering from Skyrim mainly the Thalmor representatives. We are encountering, encountering in Oblivion Mages Guild um, members who have left Arteum or have left Somerset to join the Mages Guild. You right. Know, once again, top top level uh, stratification of the people. So we aren't seeing the the rest of the people that are there. And ESO gives us a little bit of that flavor. Uh, on um, Oridon, but you know, I think there's a, a huge amount of space there to work. Oh, I, I think that's I think that's unquestionable. And um, you know, you got to keep in mind that when you're when you're interacting with just such a small cross section of of these people, you know, are are they are they completely you know redeemable in in the eyes of of everyone? No, of course not, because you know they they themselves believe all of them believe that. They are the superior race in in Tamriel, but well, I mean, exactly. and that's what they're taught from birth. I mean, it's it's their society, right? Um, and and that has social implications that we see in ESO uh, when when that sort of comes ahead with different ideas. But yes, no, sorry, continue. Uh, yeah, so so they're that's what they're yeah exactly. So that's what they're taught. But I mean, 
how how uh, you're getting a really like um how should I put it uh like uh, con concentrated dose of that that feeling when you are dealing with those the upper echelon as as Mike put it um when you're dealing with the upper echelon of of this this uh, society so there might be a whole group of people that that are Altmer that we just haven't had a chance to meet yet because you know games are the games are focusing on on different aspects um, that are, I guess, for lack of a better term, palpable. <laughs> normal, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, maybe normal enough. <laughs> so, continuing on that same book, so there's a, a section called current events. In the last few years, Somerset Isle has been at peace with its neighbors. To all outward appearances, it has returned to a normal state of unchanging tranquility. In fact, the Altmer are perhaps the most bitterly divided society in the Emperor. The war in the province today is a cultural one, which has its origins with the surrender to Tiber Septim four centuries ago, which shook, shook Altmer society to its foundation. While in Skyrim and Morrowind, more blood has been shed in recent years, this struggle between the old and the new may have even more radical end results. The very future of the oldest providence in the Empire of Tamriel is at stake. For thousands of years, the Altmer have implicitly believed in their superiority to all other races and cultures in Tamriel. For much of this time, they may have been right, but after the incorporation of Somerset into the Empire, doubts began to creep in. With the insularity of Somerset decisively broken, many Altmer, particularly the young, which among the High Elves is a fairly loose term, began to take a more critical view of the rigid hierarchy of Altmer society and its strict cultural xenophobia. While there had always been a discontent on the fringes of Altmer society, which was traditionally resolved by exile of the malcontents, for the first time, a significant element of Altmer began to agitate for social change. So, you know, once again, I think there's a lot of room for, you know, some really good storytelling here. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I mean, again, when we go to ESO, the, uh, you see the, the Dominion. Um, this, is, this is the one that the, El, that the Thalmor and Skyrim claim that they're sort of bringing back, as it were. But in it, you you have uh, Queen Eren, who she she sees she doesn't see, for example, any of the races as lesser, but she believes that they do need uh, the rule of the Altmer. But if you read some of the books, you find it seems that a lot of her political support among the Altmer is simply isn't because of they believe in her ideals. It's simply because, well, she's queen. We, we have to support her because so, she's queen. And we just know she'll eventually figure out the way it really should be. Or, you know, we're a long-lived people. Event, you know, she will uh, she will not be queen at some point, And we'll just go back to the to the proper way of things. <laughs> the proper it, way. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that's... I can't remember the name of the book, but it very much is one of these... Where, well, we follow because she's the queen. And that's yep. it. Because to not follow her would be a betrayal of everything that came before of how our society works. So I, I just find that to be interesting, interesting that 
in even when they are being their most welcoming, in the end, it's it's almost for a lot of the higher ups in their society, it's it's in spite of themselves. It's that okay, we have to do this because the boss said so, and we really don't want you know. And it's the only thing is that we we would feel worse about pissing off the boss than we would about you know doing it. Like it's just they put the following of their leader higher than well, Mark, the others. They're, they're a monarchy, Mark. I mean... Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. The fact is, is that, you know, if they oh, don't... Oh, but monarchy... Yeah, but at the yeah, same time... they have time, to. <laughs> it's... it's but, To be... To dis, to uh, go against the... You know, to go against the monarch is is to commit treason. And, and so, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. It's just lucky for them that that uh queen irene happens to be a, a a benevolent one with her heart in the right place um, oh yeah no but I, yeah and she, I, she... I see what you're saying uh, just yeah. for a moment I, I see what you're saying on this um the other thing too is the altmer perspective on this is very much the the idea of we are the most superior race and we did allow you to rule Tamriel, um, for yourselves. We allowed that to happen. And look what you've done with the place. Mm-hmm. It is falling apart. And <laughs> now, and now mom and dad have to step in and, and kick, kick you guys out and put you in, in timeout so we can fix the crap that you've, you've done. And then now after we've done that and you're happy, now you're going to listen to us because now we we know what you do when you have power and you've ruined everything and now you're not going to get it back once we get there and you'll see that your lives and our lives are going to be that much better with us in place. Like that's the Altmer perspective. Oh yeah. And given their you perspective. You made deals with the with the Daedra and look what happened. Everything right. is cheese. <laughs> we aren't mad we're just disappointed exactly that's exact that i i think that's that's perfect that's exactly oh, yeah. it and, and the fact is is that uh, you know they're not a hundred percent wrong i mean maybe you know putting themselves on on top of everyone else you know that's that's not right you know every other everyone's everyone's culture is 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 their culture their experiences are their experiences in tamriel but the fact of the matter is is that um they're not a hundred percent wrong with that they they did give they conceded power to the other the other races and and they have ruined it now once they get in power (laughs) it does obviously when you see skyrim you see what happens when when uh altmer have have power you know, a a a a group of of um, fascist uh, a group of fascist organ uh, a fascist organization crops up through the Thalmor, and and you see what happens with them. They're 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 uh, when when they're given power and it's it's absolute. That goes wrong too. Yep. And I think that since so much of what our interactions with them have been is through the Thalmor or, you know, other, you know, not so pleasant uh, examples of the, the Altmer. We're yeah. left with a very bad taste in our mouth. Oh, uh, especially yeah. with Completely the Thalmor. Angry. Yeah. Without a doubt. I, I'm sure it, when we eventually do, um, 
when we eventually do get to the Somerset Isles, we'll see more than we will see them as a more sympathetic people. Um, because it, as I recall, the lore shows that when the Thalmor came to power, it was basically um, because of the uh, of the Oblivion Crisis. But we'll get into that when we get into the Thalmor. Yeah. Now that's some interesting so, info right there. Yeah, we're yeah. There's a lot. You know, we're going to have multiple shows. They're not all going to be in Oblivion, so it's kind of a, a different concept here uh, that Avarwin came up with after our last show. So. We're going to look at uh, the High Elves throughout uh, a couple of different uh, games and how they're portrayed. So we're going to start here in Oblivion with just the High Elves themselves and then move on to uh, other aspects. But let's look at their faith, um, since the uh, Divines are always playing a big role in all of the cultures. Uh, The varieties of faith, the High Elves, the Eight. Though few Altmer outside of the Empire accept the limitation of divines to eight. The first is Ariel, king of the Altmer. And so this is written, obviously, by the uh, the imperial scribes. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, the elven Akatash is Ariel. <laughs> so, you know, you can't even give them their own god. No, you have to, you know, compare him to Akatash. So the elven Akatash is Ariel. Ariel is the soul of Enuel who, in turn, is the soul of Anu, the everything. He is the chief of most Aldmeri pantheons. Most Aldmeri and Bosmeri clans claim direct descent from Ariel. In his only known moment of weakness, he agreed to take his part in the creation of the mortal plane, that act which forever sundered the elves from the spirit world of eternity. To make up for it, Ariel led the original Aldmer against the armies of Lorcan in the Merethic time, vanquishing the tyrant and establishing the first kingdom of the Altmer, Altmora and Old Elnafe. He then ascended to heaven in full observance of his followers so that they might learn the steps needed to escape the mortal plane. Magnus, the god of sorcery, Magnus withdrew from the creation of the world at the last second, though it cost him dearly. What is left of him on the world is felt and controlled by mortals as magic. One story says that while the idea was thought up by Lorcan, it was Magnus who created the schematics and diagrams needed to construct the mortal plane. He is sometimes represented by an astrolabe, a telescope, or more commonly, a staff. Um, I, I have to I have to point out that you'll notice the first two gods in their pantheon, their response is, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they look at everything and they're, nope. No part. Not See this ya. one. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> Sorry. Third... Just, had... <laughs> just, just had to point that out. Continue. The third god, Trinimac. The strong god of the early Aldmer. In some places, more popular than Oriel. He was a warrior spirit of the original elven tribes that led armies against the men. Boethia is said to have assumed his shape in some stories... He even eats Trinimac, so that he could convince a throng of Aldmer to listen to him, which led to their eventual chimeric conversion. Trinimac vanishes from the Merithic stage after this to return as the dreadful Malakath. Aldmeri propaganda portrays this as the dangers of Dunmeri influence. Once again, a third god. See ya. (laughs) Yefrey, 
god of the forest. While Ariel, the time dragon, might be the king of the gods, Yefre is revered as the spirit of the now. According to the elves, after the creation of the mortal plane, everything was in chaos. The first mortals were turning into plants and animals and back again. Then Yifri transformed himself into the first of the Elnafe, or the Earth Bones. After these laws of nature were established, mortals had a semblance of safety in the New World, because they could finally understand it. Xarxes. Xarxes, the god of ancestry and secret knowledge. He began as a scribe to Oriel and has, been, has kept track of all Almeri accomplishments, large and small, since the beginning of time. He created his wife, Ogma, and his favorite moment in history. He created Mara. his favorite moment in history? I guess so. <laughs> My favorite one is this one, right here. I like the part when I win at everything. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> he must have had the uh, console commands. <laughs> console command, add wife. Right, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> he created his favorite moment in history. It's hilarious. <laughs> Created his wife from his favorite moments in history. Okay. Yep. Mara, the goddess of love, nearly universal goddess. Origins started in myth- mythic times as a fertility goddess. She is sometimes associated with Nern, near of the Anuid, the female principle of the cosmos that gave birth to creation. For the Altmer, she is the wife of Oriel. Stendar, the god of mercy, god of compassion and righteous rule in early Aldmeri legend, Stendar is the apologist of men. Sirabane, the warlock god, an Altmer god ancestor of magic. Sirabane aided Benduo Ol of the fall of the Slode through judicious use of a magic ring. Sirabane saved many from the scourge of the Thracian plague. He is also called the Apprentice's God, for he is a favorite among the younger members of the Mages' Guild. And then we have some additional deities. Fianster, God Hero of the Somerset Isles, who taught the Altmer how to naturally live another hundred years by using shorter walking strides. And then Lorcan, the Missing God, the creator, trickster, tester deity. In every Tamrielic mythic tradition, his most popular name in is the Aldmeri Lorcan, or Doomdrum. He convinced or contrived the original spirits to bring about the creation of the mortal plane, upsetting the status quo, much like his father, Padme, into, had introduced instability into the universe in the beginning place. After the world is materialized, Lorcan is separated from his divine center, sometimes involuntarily, and wanders the creation of the Atada. He and his metaphysical placement in the scheme of things is interpreted interpreted a variety of ways. To the High Elves, he is the most unholy of all higher powers, as he forever broke their connection to the spirit plane. In the legends, he is almost always an enemy of the Aldmer, and therefore a hero of early mankind. And if you go back to one of our early episodes, we talk about Lorcan and uh, Akatosh, Ariel, and, you know how each of the races view the two of those. So those are the deities that the High Elves uh, worship. Notice a, a amount of knowledge and magic is highly revered amongst them, and a lack of gods who have said, See ya! <laughs> hmm. 
So right. then for the last book, mm -hmm. uh, I ran The Unforeseen Queen. Some of our Bosmeri and Khajiiti students have come under the misapprehension that not all of the Aldmer of Somerset are united behind our glorious Queen Irene. Nothing could be further from the truth. We High Elves have a penchant for urbane witticism and sophisticated wordplay that can sometimes be misinterpreted by individuals newly exposed to our ancient and refined culture. This is kind of what, uh, what Mark was calling out. Yep. So... I've assembled this brief introduction to our beloved Queen of Eleanor, intending to tell her story in a simple, direct fashion that can be understood even by our new allies in the Aldmeri Dominion. The Altmer, of course, are descended in an unbroken line from the divines who created Nern, and none more so than the royal family of Eleanor. Irene's father, King Hideleth, of August memory ruled the Somerset Isles long and well and exemplified the best traditions of Elven Ceremonarchy. Ceremonarchy? Ceremonarchy? Ceremonarchy. Ceremonarchy. Uh, Ceremonarchy. Not a real word. Uh, <laughs> based his, his every decisions in the precedents laid down by the scrolls of Praxis. In due time, as ordained by the scrolls, King Hedileth and his wife, Kinlady Turinden, conceived a child who was named Irene as the praxis dictated. Princess Irene was born on the fifth of second seed in the year 555 of the second era. A very auspicious date, though I will spare you the reasons why, as you lack the context to comprehend its full significance. However, you can believe me when I tell you that all Somerset, Oridon, Arteum celebrated her birth for 55 days. It's a lot of fives. Mm. It is foretold that Princess Irene would reflect the restless and turbulent times in which she was born, and so it came to pass. Nimble and quick-witted, she was quick to master the lessons of her tutors, and from an early age often adapted unorthodox approach to schoolwork. In fact, she sometimes became so engrossed in her independent studies that her whereabouts were unknown for days at a time. She would often return from these field trips with unusual knowledge and mastery of remarkable skills. One day in Evening Star in the year 563, the entire royal family of Eleanor gathered at the Crystal Tower to celebrate Irene's matriculation into the Sepulchre's Labyrinth, where she was to study Almeri Regal Praxis and Ceremonarchy for the requisite 3,555 days. But somewhere between the palace and the tower, the princess had disappeared, and despite a 17th degree inquiry, Decreed by the Judicars. Yeah. Just just do the Justicars. Justicars? Justicars. Yeah, Justicars. Justicars, okay. Who might totally make my bitch in Skyrim? What? She was nowhere to be found. The sepia sepia cars, however, reported that the night of her disappearance was filled with signs and portents, and the constellation of the lady seeming to ride the constellation of the steed while the great orrery spun backwards and the giant eaglet was found atop the statue of Topol the Explorer. Mm. So. You, you will notice that this began with the author being the most self-centered, you know, just the most... You won't uh, understand any of this, so I will not explain it to you. <laughs> exa exactly. This is the Altmer. But, yeah, I mean, like, th this is actually pretty much one of the one of the books I was talking about because when you read it it really 
lays down how much the Altmer are based on precedent and ceremony. I mean, it talks about she was conceived based on based on the scrolls. Like based not even the Elder Scrolls, on on scrolls of precedent. You know, can you imagine this is this is their lives. This is how tightly wound it is. So even though she skipped what is her so supposed to be her entire training, when it came time to choose a new leader, they were going to give it to her brother, but she came back just before they did, and it was like, well, she's supposed to be queen, even though she didn't do anything else. She has no political backing from anyone else other than her her space in the line of succession. She gets to be queen. And they follow her because she's queen, because they're supposed to. Yeah. Monarchies suck, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> At least the Bretons have the idea that if they don't like it, they'll just start backstabbing each other until they change it. They'll call in the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, as I said, it sort of shows that while she brings a lot of hope, you know, basically she seems to represent the the better side of the Altmer, what they could become if they could shake off some of this um, just hidebound dedication to the rules or to ceremony. I mean, what the hell is ceremonarchy? I know, it's it's on the price. It's highlighted like, in red as like, that's not a real word. I think it's supposed yeah, to be mean, ceremonial monarchy, but somebody got lazy with their typing. Oh, exactly. Like, <laughs> ceremonarchy. Like, this is completely just about ceremony is how they do everything. If they could abandon that and see outside themselves the way Iren does, they'd be a truly great people. But instead, this is the reason you get the Thalmor. <laughs> ceremony! <laughs> well, I mean, there's an entire uh, small quest line in an area in um, Oridon in ESO where you basically have a group of extremist Thalmor starting to teach the rest about how everyone who isn't a, a high elf is scum, and they are teaching this and drilling it into the students that aren't high elves. You are scum. <laughs> you should Man? be a rug on my floor, Khajiit. I was really happy with myself before I came to this school. Now I know I'm scum. <laughs> I yeah. should have done Skooma and stayed out of school. <laughs> <laughs> this well, one thinks all this is. This is Cliff a poo. poo. <laughs> These class should have been buried in the sand. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. This, see, see, this here. This is why Altmer can't have nice things. Like. Yep. But this is our selection of books for this week. Um, yeah, I did all kinds of different like searches, like High Elves, Altmer, Altmer, you know, famous people that are Altmer. And, you know, like we could have talked about Galarian the Mystic and the Sigix, but we've already covered him as the founder of the Mages Guild. Uh, and I'm just like, wow, there is so limited, like the number of books that are not like ESO books to begin with, on the high elves. For as educated and, you know, magical of people as they are, they don't like writing them about themselves. Which, you know, the narcissists that they are, you'd figure that they'd have, like, 
compendiums. Mike, that's because you wouldn't understand them. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hard to read some of these write words. It down, but you know, we we couldn't understand that by with the, the, our truly limited minds. The the Altmer like probably some... believe that if they wrote down their their histories, it would completely negate the whole reason for learning about them from firsthand experience in the first place. And anyone who doesn't have the uh, the the uh, the ability to travel to their culture and absorb themselves within it should not be taught their culture. That's probably you know what's what they really believe. Funny, because you, whatever you think of elves, you always have this comparison back to Tolkienian elves, uh, the first of the truly um, uh, El- fantasy El- type elves. elves that we think of nowadays. Mm-hmm. And there's. When you look at the writings of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, it's told through uh, reinterpretation of their stories and songs by Bilbo Baggins. Because they don't need to write stuff down because they live forever. And even when they die, they just go back to Valinor and live forever. So there's very little writing from them if it's not written down by man or uh, by Hobbit. But these elves they live maybe twice as long as men or three times as long, but they don't live forever. And when they die, they, you know, die just like everybody else, unless they have a soul gem. (laughs) So you'd figure that they'd have writings about themselves. Or a truly optimized And all of the writings that you see here are from the Imperial scribes. Yeah. Did you check the, uh, the Imperial, uh, the Imperial library? Yeah. For like hours this past week. So, I just have a picture of you, like dressed in in scholar's robes, in a in a in a marbled hall filled with, uh, you know, tons of books from that are thousands of years old, with a giant plume of light just on you while you're flipping through these old tomes of of Altmer. And I have a very vivid imagination. All right, moving on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Mike, do you have anything else? That is it for the history of. So we're moving on to the Sonaris now. Yeah. All right. So, so Mark, um, Mike was good enough to uh, to give us the the history of the Altmer. Um, but but what about how they've changed from from game to to game? Tell us about the history of the Altmer from from our perspective, the developer's perspective, and and the uh, from Arena to uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Well, the High Elves, they did actually show up in, in Arena. Um, again, the races and the mapper and the place names are pretty much the main things that actually carried over from that game. And when you, you, were to, when you selected them, you were to, uh, when you decided to look at Somerset, you were told, Thou hast chosen Somerset, uh, Somerset, Land of the High Elves. High Elves are tall, golden-skinned people with almond-shaped eyes. High elves are extremely intelligent, agile, and willful. High elves seem drawn to magic, as a moth is to flame. They have a natural affinity for its use, and often make quite formidable wizards. High elves are naturally immune to paralyzation. They are adept in any art involving the arcane. And, of course, then when you selected the high elf, you were told, Know ye this also, thy race is tall and stately, for thou art kings among princes. Thy people were first on this land to bring the spri- breathe the spring air and first leap nimble with the wind. 
Thine eyes can see all, even when, when naught is out but the mistress of the night. Oh. So pretty cool. I, you know what I like about this is the fact that... I would have that, chosen high <laughs> Right? Uh, a couple things. You weren't immune to paralysis. Uh, you... You weren't immune to paralysis. You uh, had no bonuses to um, agility whatsoever. And uh, this whole thing about seeing in the dark, uh, bull hooky. <laughs> Your eyes didn't improve at all. Bull, bull hooky. Uh, and as I recall, you also didn't get much of, much of a boost to magic, if anything. Uh, ma- males had a, de- a bonus to their intelligence and their willpower and a penalty there to their str- and. Uh, Females had a bonus to their intelligence and personality. Uh, both had a penalty to their strength and endurance. And despite the fact that it says that they are a gold skin race, the actual paper doll of your character that once you got to select a head on and it just pasted it on the doll, uh, was or was their skin was like a dark orange color. Spray tan. I blame the spray tan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically... There is the core of the race here. We will see this develop somewhat as we go. But like a lot of things in Arena, it's got an idea, but it misses the mark in so many ways. Mike, how how awesome would it be if they kept the immune to paralysis in Elder Scrolls Online? Uh, Well, to (laughs) Skyrim or anything, because once you get that paralysis poison, game game's over, you know. Oh, oh, wait for it. Speaking of immunity paralysis, let's go over to Daggerfall. Oh my! The, the uh, okay, so in their stats in Arena from Arena pretty much stayed the same, and their pluses and in their bonuses and everything. But they then also get you, your eyes still were no better than anyone else's, but you gained immunity to paralysis and. Digging into Prima's Daggerfall Unauthorized Strategy Guide, we have a few little things. Mike, uh, Mark, you can't dive into that. It's unauthorized. unauthorized. Yeah, and it's no. made out of paper. It's going to hurt if you dive in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I picked this, God, I picked this up. Uh, let's see, the publishing date is... 1874? Just about. Wow. Last time they used paper? Yeah, 1996. I, yeah, I picked this. I've had this a while. I think it's pretty rare at this point. Um, as it says, this if you get a disease, uh, one advantage this in the Daggerfall, you could pick different advantages when you created your own class. And it says, well, only in this, this book was basically about power gaming and hints about how to go through the main quest, but mostly power gaming. Only one advantage is a must pick immunity to paralysis. All others are helpful because the affliction they protect you against are bothersome. Paralysis, on the other hand, is frequently deadly. If you get a disease, you can get it cured. If you or even cure yourself, poison, same thing. Fire, frost, magic, shock—it's all damage, and you've got healing magic or time to deal with that. Paralysis kills. Nothing worse than watching your character get chomped by a spider while that annoying little yellow icon on your screen blinks and blinks and blinks uh. until with a whimper your character expires you're thinking no problem i can always reload sure but it takes uh but t- uh but taken from a player who's gone down both roads it's better to be immune 
Daggerfall takes long enough to play as it is, and you're gonna you're not gonna use the huge install. It can take a while to re- reload save games. Then later on the book, it put it, it had in specifically in chapter nine, power gaming. One of the sections says high elves rule. High elves are immune to paralysis. It's the obvious choice for power gamers because you can still give them the weakness paralysis disadvantage. The inherent advantage cancels out the disadvantage, providing just a little edge for power gamers to exploit. Literally, you could give yourself disadvantage uh, disadvantage paralysis and your natural immunity would cancel it out, giving you a crap ton of points to spend on new advantages. (laughs) Wow. So wow. <laughs> mechan- mechanically, they were they were overpowered. Well, not super overpowered, but effectively they had something about them that gave them that really they were better than they should have been. Because as the book says, paralysis sucks. Yeah. If, if you did get hit, you might as well restart. I, or uh, reload, and that was an experience I very much had playing the game. The uh, the very obvious fix on this one is just re- is just reducing the time of of paralysis on on you, and then all of a sudden now other other class or other races in in Daggerfall uh, seem a little bit more viable. You know, the fact yeah. is is that paralysis was so strong when you made a race that was immune to paralysis. Guess what? That's going to be the favored race among people who really, you know, dig into the nitty gritty of what mm-hmm. of what these races are. So they, <laughs> but it's funny because you're talking about a completely different time in game. First of all, anyone who took their game seriously were called power gamers, which I absolutely adore the fact that they're using this term power gaming. <laughs> oh this. yeah, no, no, it's it, like literally the the entire chapter is specifically called. Power gaming. Power gaming. Um, yeah, it even has like and just suggests different builds and whatnot. Uh, cool artifacts that you should go for. Character twisted concepts. One's called Gandalf. A character with a long blade skill in one primary slot can then add five magical skills in their remaining primary slots and major slots. The least used sixth magical skill can go in a minor slot along with a few practical survival skills. The appropriate advantages disadvantages this character can then a womp things with a weapon, preferably a two-handed weapon with uh, for hitting power, while b developing a wider range of spells. So, yeah, then there there was stuff like like you could have a disadvantage where if you start went into a church, you started to burn. Oh God. Same with sunlight. So, yeah. Um, on a more lore sidey thing, on the deve- to just watch the development of the game, um, the Altmer were not called Altmer in Daggerfall at all. They weren't the races of Mer; they were the races of Chi, C H E. In fact, the Altmer, according to the Wild Elves by Kirjo Shravak, they're called Salachi. Okay. So, in other words, if you're going to complain about small ch- about changes in lore, and you still call the el- the high elves Altmer, you're not you're missing something, and just embracing it already. <laughs> Embrace your mer. Exactly. So, so, how did these guys change going into going into Morrowind? Well, when we got into Morrowind, uh, 
I mean, stats changed a bit. Uh, they still got the plus 10 to strength or ten, plus 10 to intelligence, but then it was uh, minus 10 to strength on both ends. Males were slower. Females had less endurance. Uh, skill bonuses were now introduced. So they got a plus 10 to destruction, enchant and alchemy, plus five to alteration, conjuration, illusion, and illusion. So the race was now actually really showing their natural affinity to magic. Uh, they gained a resistance to common disease, which was kind of weird uh, when you because that came out of nowhere. Uh, but they then naturally had a bonus to Magicka. Instead of just having their intelligence and Magicka points, they had time and a half, which that is good. 150% more Magicka. Who can argue with that if you want to play a mage? But then they also got weaknesses to elemental damage and to Magicka damage itself. So we started seeing them become more entwined with magic. They felt more like they had this connection through the mechanics. Immunity to paralysis disappeared. They still weren't the agile, nimble things that were first sold to you. Um, but at the same time, they now were beginning to feel more like their own thing instead of just simply, we are elves and therefore we are the best creatures in the world. We are quick and intelligent and everyone loves us. <laughs> and we can see everything, even though this never comes up in the games at all. Quick and nimble. <laughs> quick and nimble. Love us or we shall drop a rock on you like our brothers do. <laughs> so this is also, of course, the game where the concept of myrrh is introduced. So where they are no longer the we, there are no longer the they are no longer the Salachi. They are now the Altmer. And of course, this has stuck around for ever since. Which frankly, I don't blame them for changing that name. <laughs> you know, the Mur the Mur um suffix, I guess, is is a far more interesting connection to the different races than the the old Chi one. Mm. So, of course, then we hit Oblivion. Uh, the bonuses and penalties continue to be the same. Uh, plus 10 to alter, or for their stats, plus 10 to alteration, destruction, mysticism, plus 5 alchemy, conjuration, and illusion. You'll notice they get bonuses to destruction. Altmer destroy everything they touch. Um, they, of course, then got an extra 100 uh, ma uh, magicka points. They continued with this disease resistance that appeared, and they continued with uh, weakness to uh, elements, but not to magic itself. Now, I find it's kind of interesting. Um, the abandonment of paralysis, I, I found particularly satisfying, because needless to say, my introduction to the series, the, the bonus of immunity to paralysis was such a big thing for it uh, in the game so when we got to skyrim for me it was kind of a big thing to be able to paralyze some high elves and then shout them off a mountain you monster. <laughs> Where, where's your immunity now high elf where's your immunity now <laughs> dodge this <laughs> so of course then we go to skyrim uh, interestingly enough, there are no Altmer bandits in the entire game. Even though this is the one where we find out they are the true villains of the, of Skyrim. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, they don't need to be bandits. They can just take what they want legally. Apparently. So, 
uh, the high the high elves, of course, were given the highborn ability, which gave them only fifty extra points of magic instead of the one hundred. So, as we can see, they're a race that is degenerating as we watch them go from one hundred and fifty one hundred and fifty percent of whatever they should have gotten to mere a hundred points to uh, fifty points. So, they you know, on the Exactly. They by this point they've lost their resistance to disease. They've lost their immunity to uh, to poison or sorry to paralysis. Frankly, their eyesight probably has gone downhill too. Um, they never actually had it. So. Yeah. Uh, now wow, they had anyone, the that, not to interrupt, uh, but uh, is anyone seeing this this imperial guard here just pound this beer down in front of this bartender <laughs> while on duty? <laughs> You know that's going to be a bad night because somebody's going to die in that bar. Why did he just have a... How bad of a day did this dude have? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and she's looking at him, too, like, are you kidding me? Like, you're really just pounding that... Wow. <laughs> you sure he's not watching Dancing with Daggers? Yeah, he might be. I have to walk the entirety of of Cyrodiil in for every, every day for a shift. <laughs> I'm, if I want to pound them down, I'm pounding them pounding down. Pounding them down, yeah. I, I'm sick and tired of fighting Khajiiti bandits and ogres off <laughs> and wolves off a path. <laughs> wait, wait. Are are you the a-hole who leveled up high enough that now we're invaded by minotaurs? <laughs> <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had, to, I had to interrupt on this because I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, God damn it, Jesus. Just, just pounding this these, these, uh, this beer down. It's okay. Anyway, go, please um, go ahead. <laughs> so they had the Highborn greater power as well. So once a day for 60 seconds, their base magicka regeneration increased by 2,500%. So... Yeah, basically, that, I think, is a cool ability. For that moment, you really connect to the source of all magicka, and you just become a battery for the stuff. That's the type of stuff that I really think it really showed what previous uh, attempts at the race were trying to get at, where the they have this innate connection to magic. Um... It's the same way that the Bretons, the ability, like their ability to, their dragon skin ability, I believe it was called, where they gain the just massive uh, magic absorption ability. It's that type of, that type of thing that really sort of makes the race stand out and stand on its own. Uh, they also gained the flame spell and the fury spell uh, as the starting as starting spells because nothing drives people into a rage more than the hatred of the Altmer. <laughs> uh, they got plus ten to illusion and then plus five to alteration, conjuration, destruction, enchanting, and restoration. Um, and of course, then we drop quickly back in time to take a look at Elder Scrolls Online. Um, in that game, the Altmer have an increased uh, experience gain for the Destruction Staff skill. Uh, they get an additional 10% Magicka and uh, to 10% to their Magicka and a 9% to their recovery. And they can also get uh, up to 4% increase to the Cold, Fire, and Shock bonuses. And uh, they get an extra 1% experience. 
Which is kind of weird because if D&D has taught me anything, the older an elf is, he's probably still only like level 10. Yeah, and that's about it out of 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, sure, you went from level 1 to to level 15 in the last six months, human, but I've had, I'm 500 years old and I've learned six level spells. <laughs> well, good for him. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how mechanically they've changed. Um, okay. As you see, like, initially, they were much more... There was much more text flavor than actual in-game flavor for what they could do. Uh, the the nature of how their bonuses existed sort of have shifted and gone uh, somewhat as time has gone on. And now I feel we've kind of really hit this, this sort of... Um, a good sweet spot where they do feel like a race that's just has this intense connection with magic. So, yeah, I think um, that's always been the uh, the I think that's always been the goal the entire time, too, is, you know, you never as a game developer, you never want to make anything overpowered because you, people are not going to enjoy your game the way you intend it intended to be enjoyed. Um, and, and if, if that's sort of the, you know, where we're at right now, you know, going forward, you know, I wonder how things are going to change in, in Elder Scrolls six for, for the high elves. Um, the, uh, time, time certainly though, will, will tell. Um, okay. Mark, anything else for, for the archives? No, no, it's this, that's sort of the end of for now. Uh, but it has been a great return. I have to say it was fun to, to do this again. Well, uh, look, speaking of great return. All right. The both of you guys just really nailed you. You nailed both of these sections this, this time around. Um, I mean, just, just, just pistons on fire together. Just amazing. Really was amazing. Um, and I think we got some amazing, uh, interesting info captured on the, uh, on the show today. That I think everyone is really just going to love. Um, just sort of talking about the Altmer in, in in a way that's both lore friendly and and observable, uh, you know, observable change throughout throughout the games too. Um, I, I I I find really interesting. So I'm glad we're able to do this. Um, okay. So uh, I know we haven't plugged in a little while. I wanna I wanna throw out there um, tweaked audio. All right, tweakedaudio.com. For uh, of course, as we always like to say, uh, for for uh, for amazing earbuds, quality driven earbuds, guys. Okay, you're gonna spend about twenty five dollars at tweakedaudio.com, but you're getting so much more than just a pair of a pair of earbuds. Um, you're getting you're getting quality, quality that you can you can really enjoy, lean your back on. They've got noise canceling uh, technology in there where. You know, if you're on a, a loud commuting train, or you know, you're you're just you're doing other things in the background, and you're listening to something, you can rely on tweaked audio earbuds to keep the content that you're listening to, whether it's music or a podcast or an audiobook, keep it front and center in your mind with everything else in the back, with everything else going on around you, pushed to the far background. So, so that's a great thing about tweaked audio earbuds. Um, also, they're shipping them to you for free. So even though you're getting, you're spending twenty five dollars, it's just twenty five dollars plus tax. It's not twenty five plus tax then shipping. Um, you don't have to worry about that at all. So so shipping is free, and it's worldwide free shipping too. So so no matter where you live in the world, live in Australia, boom, 
they get them sent to you and it gets sent for free which is which is a huge cost savings um for for folks who who do listen to this show outside of the united states and are and are interested in getting a great pair of of uh, headphones the other thing too is um yes they they are quality driven right they've got great noise cancellation in them um but the other thing too is that they're hardy they're tough they're going to last you for years so it's it's 25 dollars now but you're going to have these earbuds for three years four years and if anything does happen to go wrong with them give them a call talk to them and uh likely they will they will replace your earbuds for free they have uh they do have a limited warranty but the warranty on it is um it's still very very good and uh, I guarantee you, if you call these guys and explain to them what happened, they are going to replace them for you for free. So, so there's um, no uh, no gamble with with your money. Because let's face it, you can get you can get earbuds for ten bucks at the at the local store and be done with it. They want you to invest in in tweaked audio. They want you to invest in their brand, and they they put their their brand's reputation behind their product and because their product is so good they do ask that you spend a little bit extra money than you normally are willing to spend on earbuds but you're going to get something that's going to last you a long time and tweaked audio earbuds are definitely that look if 25 dollars for earbuds might be out of your price range we understand okay just by listening to elder scrolls off the record or any other qgn show okay you we are making you aware of a product code that we have that'll get you 30 percent off your entire order which is off the record. If you use the code off the record at your point of sale, you are going to get 30% off your entire order. So that's 30% off your whole order, free shipping worldwide, and you're getting an amazing pair of, of earbuds, an amazing product, great quality, very durable, hardy product. It's going to last as long as you last, whether you're working out, doing chores around the house, or just hanging out on on the train or the bus commuting. This is gonna be great. You're you're gonna love you're gonna love these uh these earbuds. And um I've been uh I've been I've been plugging them for, for years now and I use them myself and they're fantastic. I, I absolutely adore them. So tweaked audio, tweakedaudio.com guys. Also, um, I know we're going to do our Audible ad. We're going to do that later on in the show. Again, I just want to plug the uh, the website one more time, questgamingnetwork.com. Uh, we do have a lot of great features on questgamingnetwork.com. I would ask you to please uh, register on the site and explore the site for yourself. Yes, all of our podcasts and videos are there. Yes, all that stuff is great. But we also have, like I said, you know, information for our TeamSpeak. We've got an instant messenger service on there. We've got video games for you that you can jump in, jump out, and a bunch of games too that you can, um, you can, you know, reliably lay back and play, you know, watch, play with your kids. You know, what young kids too can can enjoy these games. It's a lot of fun. We don't upload cookies onto your browser at all. It's it's a it's a clean website. We don't do any of the marketing bullshit. We don't do any of that at all whatsoever. It's, it's a clean site. You jump on there. It's not like, you know, you're going to grab some kind of virus by playing our games or anything like that. Nothing like that at all. Um, and there's there's so much more. We've got the QGN shop there if you're interested in anything there. Uh, we've got uh, ways that you can quickly email us. It's just, it's a great site and it's, it's there for you. And I'd like for uh, everyone to uh, maybe go there, check it out and get, get involved in, in something on the QGN site. Also, we're selling QGN con tickets, which is coming up quickly in, in October. Uh, you can get your QGN, QGN con tickets uh, on questgamingnetwork.com. 
Okay. Um, Mike. Yes. We have um, we have more plenty plenty of show to go. Uh, we've got our discussion and our fast question of the week, uh, plus our crafting table and uh, and an email. I I would like for you though to um, to just just sort of uh, we're going to go right into the crafting table. I'd like for you to present that for us, please. So the crafting table, Kavach rebuilt by the Kavach rebuilt team. Kavach rebuilt a hope renewed lets you rebuild Kavach through a series of short quests. The city will not be magically rebuilt the moment you load the game, but will instead take several weeks of waiting and helping before it is fully rebuilt. Become the new count or countess, or help the rightful heir find his way back to Kavach to rule its citizens. Get your own statue in the city and fight in the arena to become the new champion. Uncover the evil secrets of old Kavach and be the first in centuries to enter the ruins of the Eliad city underneath. A dungeon filled with both enemies and puzzles, taking you through the entire Eliad city and beyond. With most, with almost full English voiceover, this final content update breeds new life into the mod, and it's over at Nexus Mods, Oblivion Mods, uh, so go check it out. Yeah, yeah, Kavach Rebuilt. So um, if you if you love, um, what is it, uh, if you love Oblivion, okay, uh, and you you always you want to see uh, that's one of the things I sort of like wished Oblivion had was was some way to restore Kavach or it restores itself over time, um, simply because it is it is a city that I think everyone forgets about because when you finally get there, uh, or when you get there right in the beginning of the game, you you never really go back unless you're playing the main story, and it's just it's just destroyed, you know, and it never you. I've always wondered, like, what was this place like in its heyday? Um, and and you can you could check it out in in Elder Scrolls Online as well, I believe. Uh, Kavach is there, but it's not the same thing. You know, it's it's a different game, it's a different time, it's a different story. You know, I would love to see what Kavach looks like now, rebuilt. And um, you know, it's cool that this, this is a cool mod. You know, you get to you get to see that, you get to do some quests. Uh, there's a there's a, some 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 uh, distraction based content in there as well. They've got a, uh, an, an arena in there. So Kavach rebuilt by the Kavach rebuilt team. Very very cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Discussion, guys. Why we love to hate the Altmer. And then we've got a fast question here. I'd like to throw in as well if we have time for it. Um, let's do the fast question first, and then we'll sort of blend into why we hate the Altmer, because that's sort of like a general sort of a thing. But, um, okay, so the fast question. We're going to go with Mark and then Mike on this, and then we'll, we'll explain. Um, fast question of the week. Can there ever be a moment in Elder Scrolls lore, either in the past or in the future, where the Altmer redeem themselves in the eyes of the player? Mark. Yes or no? Uh, Mark, I think, I think you might be muted. Sorry? Just okay. picture it me looking at you like Grumpy Cat. That's my answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Grumpy Cat, huh? Um, okay. So, <clears throat> Mike, yes or no? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. I, I, would, I would agree. I think it's a stretch. Okay? Mm -hmm. I think it's a stretch. But I would agree. Okay, we've got so little information on on that and spent so little time with with the uh, the high elves that there there's got to be room in their culture room for them as a people 
that if we if we had to go and do something in their lands, uh, that the quest could show us and the storyline could show us these people are they're yes they're obnoxious okay yes they're arrogant but they all have different degrees of that and they're not they're not uh, they're they're well meaning in in general mm-hmm. I think there's room to show that whether that's actually yeah. true or not whether that's what Bethesda wants to do or not I think there's room to show that look Bethesda could come out with a game and says like you know. You thought you hated the Altmer in, in Skyrim. Well, guess what? Here's Elder Scrolls Six. The Altmer suck. <laughs> Hold my skooma. Right. Hold my skooma. <laughs> you thought exactly. you saw it all. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and yeah. I, I do agree. I think that we we can we will see sympathetic Altmer. We've seen them. We can we've seen that they can be good people. But here's the thing I would actually point to you. If the Altmer stop being xenophobes as a culture, if they stop being so high bound to tradition, are they still the Altmer? No, I don't think that should ever happen. Exactly. And that's sort of the thing. If you remove the things that annoy people about the Altmer, are they the Altmer anymore? No, I'm not saying you should ever remove it. Listen, we've oh, got yeah, no, no. We've, yeah. got, <laughs> we've got xenophobic cultures, you know, in real life. Legitimate, like mm-hmm. legitimate xenophobic cultures, not like, you know, one person who happens to be, you know, a, a, a racist, but but a legitimate like xenophobic culture. We have that here. And and you still like you, you know, I look, I see all cultures in New York City um, and I've 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 engaged with some of these with some of these folks. And it's um, it, it's it's annoying at first. But then, like, you you realize as you talk to people, like, this aside, okay, the fact that you legitimately think that you're better than me because, you know, I'm, I happen to be, you know, I happen to be white and you think you're better than me because I'm white or, or, you know, you think I'm, I'm Hispanic and, and you think you're better than me as a result of that. That aside, okay, legitimately speaking, this, this person or this, this group of people in this one area, like, they genuinely want the best for everyone despite the fact that they think they're better than me <laughs> and, and so there so there are redeeming qualities in in people that do happen to have like this part of of their culture and i think i think all cultures to a degree have a pride about them now the altmer have a pride on crack which turns into i guess a level of xenophobia but there is a pride. You should be proud of your culture. You should be proud of where you come from. Mm-hmm. And and maybe if we saw like outside of that 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 first like elite upper echelon societal tier that that Mike was talking about that we always see, maybe beyond that it, it's it's not xenophobia. Maybe maybe in the other tiers where you're talking about you know the essentially the blue collar workers of of the of the Altmer. Maybe they're just proud. Maybe they're just proud people and say like you know yeah you know I like Khajiit. I like Argonians. They're nice people. You know, I think we do it better. But I, I like them. They're okay. Maybe there is that. What do you think, Mike? Oh, yeah, I think that we're eventually going to see um, a point where we're not dealing with the ruling class, the Thalmor class, or the Mages Guild level of Altmer. And I think that, you know, people are going to find stuff that they like about them. Uh and that they can they can see themselves in the Altmer, um, and, and I think there'll be a, a big change. I mean, you know, not everybody, you know, likes aspects of the Dark Elves, and yet they are one of the favored classes. I mean, you know, they believe, 
you know, a large portion of them, that slavery is still a thing that, you know, should be part of their culture. Oh, yeah. You want to talk uh, about irredeemable qualities in a culture. Yeah. I mean, how come the yeah. how come the how come the dark elves get a pass for their slavery? <laughs> the Altmer mm-hmm. are just demonized for just being a bunch of jerks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you look at the fact that the Morag tongue exists because that's how they settle their differences. Not that they, you know, that the five great houses come together and, and, you know, hold convention and talk about it, but the fact that they hire the Morag Tong to bump off other leaders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as long as that Morag Tong has the writ, <laughs> everything's okay. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know, you're literally talking mafiosa level activities. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> he had it are... coming, and I've got the writ to prove it. Yeah, so... But, you know, they're one of the most loved. Um, races in the games because Morrowind was such a success and, you know, people had good feelings about, you know, Morrowind, so it translated over to having good feelings about the Dunmer. Dunmer. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, Mark, you're, you're very thoughtful as well. Um, why do you think we love to hate the Altmer? As a player. I think, I think that as a player... I enjoy not I enjoy hating the Altmer because they okay, elves are usually presented as absolute perfect and for all they are full of themselves, they're really not that much better than any of the other races in Tamriel. They have their faults, they have their good qualities. So when they present themselves as so much better than everyone, when you then look at their culture and they have so many pro like they're ruled by a tyrannical regime that is taking over trying to conquer the world and wipe out uh humanity in a genocidal war when we see that it just makes them so easy to hate them (laughs) that aside (laughs) when you ignore the fact that they're genocidal maniacs they're kind of fun i got it then you turn around and you, you say that though and it's like everybody likes the dwemer who, you know, had the exact same, you know, qualities, except that they also had genocidal tendencies against their own kin. Take mm-hmm. the Snow Elves, who actually, they that, blinded to become the Falmor slaves. That's actually funny. Uh, I, <laughs> that's a I good point. Fully, I will actually fully admit, I was absolutely fascinated. I'm, I'm still fascinated by the Dwemer. It's, they're a fantastic race and plot device. But the the reveal for what the, the snow elf the Falmer were and what happened to make them what they were what they are that actually really affected how i did see dwemer culture it really made them a much darker group had that never been known since skyrim no skyrim is the first time we learned about how clinical and heartless they could be well, i didn't know that yeah. Wow. No, they, they and beforehand we I think that the only thing we heard about the snow elves was in uh, a book in um in the Blood Moon uh expansion for Morrowind. Hmm. But no, then we learned about just what the Dwemer had done and like we knew they were they didn't really worship the gods. They they worshiped basically what they could accomplish like they they were more fascinated with what they could accomplish yeah they worship scientific achievement yeah and as a result 
you see all this great stuff that they left behind, but you can truly believe, like, and we know how clinical and scientific they were. This addition of they were willing to do this to another sentient race to yeah. blind them and torture them for their own for study you know it it really does show what they were capable in a way that their grand root like you look at their grand ruins and their machinery that's lasted thousands of years without them and it's like this is amazing this wonderful enlightened culture and now we see what they were capable of right right and so that does co- like for me that very much colors how i view them oh of course as as a species i'm sure there were individuals who were great but there's that color and it's the same thing with the altmer i know that as a species they're fine but the fact is the culture that is currently in charge when we get to skyrim is genocidal oh they yeah they're more than happy to wipe mankind off the planet because they feel mankind desert needs to be gotten rid of yeah and, and uh and, and you well, know have I you ever to... smelled the nord they won't take a bath i do not argue that fact in the slightest <laughs> um i want to get uh i want to get mike's perspective on this but i do agree that uh i think currently right now one of the main reasons why we love just we just love to hate the the altmer is because of the the thalmor which is which is a a a you know, uh, a, a fascist organization within the Altmer government, yeah. and and needs to be eliminated. Well, it is the Altmer government by Skyrim, and, and there's also the fact the Altmer and Skyrim are ugly, like they're hideous. <laughs> I think that's, that's the other thing. Like Skyrim, like everybody is really nasty. Everyone's ugly. ugly. Everyone <laughs> fell out. Everyone looks ex- like they fell out of the ugly tree for days. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> like the orcs are supposed to look that way, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but well, like, like the myrrh are the myrrh are ugly, but at the same time, the the Altmer are particularly hideous. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Um, all right, we we got about maybe about ten minutes left in the show, and I really want to get Mike's thoughts. Um, on on this subject matter, so so Mike, why why do you think we love to hate the Altmer as as players? I think it's because the majority of the the current players are exposed to them as the Thalmor in Skyrim, and you know that as I learned from doing the readings on the books uh, to for today's episode, that we don't have a great um, view of their culture because we're not at that point yet where enough is written or enough has been experienced of them to make a good judgment. Do you think it gets better uh, when people play Elder Scrolls Online and and play Aldmeri Dominion? I I think there is a certain amount of um, if you've played through that that there's a certain amount of uh, love and loyalty towards the Queen. Um, There is still that, you know, the Vald Herodin's questline that makes it very difficult because of the backstabbing and the the rise of the Thalmor still um, that makes it hard to really love them. But there are a lot of quest lines where people really do appreciate uh, the the general Altmer on uh, um, Oradon, I think. Okay, um, I would I would have to agree. I think. I think once you start getting into Elder Scrolls Online and you you do go Aldmeri Dominion, 
you see what you expect, which is um, a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of obnoxious Altmer, just rounding about, um, saying things to you that makes me makes you want to you know punch him in the throat. But but you also encounter other other characters as well that that make you think maybe no, they're not all bad. Uh, so so there is like I said there is room for for other stories to be told about about this particular race and um, you know I'm I'm looking forward to other expansions of ESO and uh, you know other other installments in the uh, single player series as well. Um, it maybe maybe taking this this race. Uh, the the extra mile in in in, in lore and showing is breathing more life into it I should say um, in yeah. in the lore which I think there's there's plenty of room for okay um, real quick before we before we end our our show uh, I'd like to ask Mark to uh, to read our our email we've got one email from Dustin this week I'd like to ask him to uh, to read that for us okay hello wonderful crew of Elder Scroll off the record. First time caller, long time lurker. I've listened. I, I've listened to almost every podcast of your show, and also classic. Classic is my favorite. Keep it up, Mark, Mike, and Avarwin. I'm sending you this email because I feel you. Uh, I feel like you, the Quest Gaming Network, deserves high praise for all the hard work you guys do uh, to keep me entertained throughout the day. But more importantly, feeling like I have a fa- Elder Scrolls family. Elder Scrolls has had a huge impact on my life. Depression and social anxiety have been my downfall in life, but your, uh, but through your guys' heavy, uh, your your guys' heavy hearts and arrow to the knees jokes is what keeps me going strong. I can't say how much this show means to me and how much you guys, uh, you help, say how much help you guys provide and provided for me at my darkest hours. I hope all is well and I'll be listening to every second of what the future holds. Thank you, fam, Dustin. Um, wow. Yes, and I I actually uh, forwarded this email to um to to everyone who works on this show with me. I love these emails. These are these are great. Um, when when uh you know times get tough, you know doing the show, maybe I don't have enough time to actually do it, or or maybe I'm I'm slightly less interested in in Elder Scrolls uh, than than I have been in previous months. If you can imagine uh, that happening uh, <laughs> from time to time, um. Or, or maybe when we make him play Daggerfall for, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you know, or, or Morrowind. Um, maybe, maybe something you know, maybe something dramatic is going on. Um, like the the whole you know, uh, Warden hatred thing that we were getting for a while here, or or uh, Morrowind hatred thing we we're getting for a while. You remember that, Mike? You know, last month, a couple of months ago too. Oh yeah, yeah. That made it a little hard to to kind of do the show. Um, every now and again, on certain topics, it made it a little tough. Whenever that happens, I always think about about you know folks like Dustin here and and so many others who who write in and they say, you know, love what you do. Please keep it up. And by the way, you know, it put a smile on my face during a hard moment in life. Um, look, we make mistakes on the show. We say things that are factually incorrect from time to time, and we always try and go back and correct it. Uh, maybe we have a show where where our, our our information is not as hard hitting as we would like to it have been, or maybe um, maybe we make a misstep in in some ways. There's been mistakes that we make on the show, but what I think is special 
particularly with Elder Scrolls Off the Record, is is the camaraderie that that the hosts have for one another. You know, we're we've been doing this for so long now that we're legitimate friends. We enjoy each other's company. We enjoy each other about this about this game. And yeah, we've got differences. We've got lots of differences that don't mix well. Sometimes it's oil and water with our some of our differences, but. We come together for this show. We talk about this uh, this subject matter, and we're we're always on fire, and we always have a great time. And I think that's that's what makes this show in particular um, really shine out versus maybe anything else that might be on the internet at the time. And um, it's our pleasure and our honor to bring a smile on your face on maybe a tough day simply because we're joking around about something stupid. You know, that, that whole, the whole joke, that whole running joke we had last episode, Mike with Heidi, it was hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was listening it was to not it. as hilarious as Vivek's spear. No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not. No, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> You're right. But, um, no, that was amazing. But that's the kind of stuff that we're, uh, that I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm just so proud of, um, the the show that we do i'm so proud of the research that that uh that gets done um i'm proud of the hosts and and of our listeners who are always just we're really lucky with the kind of uh, listener base that we have um just just class through and through um coming back at us uh from from the other side of the uh the microphone so thank you thank you dustin for for sending this email and um thanks to all of you listening downloading and subscribing and uh watching on on youtube and podcasts and right here on twitch as well um thank you for supporting us in in the ways that you do it's it's awesome it really is <sighs> okay big hug guys come here mark give me a hug give me a canadian hug i want to you're gonna get all sticky. He has maple syrup all he over. Oh, that's great! Cool. Cocktails since cold. we started. Yeah, your hands are cold. Keep them above the belt, you you heathen. <laughs> Everything's cold. Have you not been here? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Listen, great, great episode. This was great. Um, I final thoughts. Starting with uh, starting with Mike. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, people will enjoy the Altmer stories that we're going to tell here. Uh, if not, you know, we'll always go back and read more of Vivek's sermons if you don't. And, uh, and Mark. Oh, it's great to be back. No, it's, I really miss doing this. It's great having, having you back. Um, I'm sorry. I had my, I was doing two things at once. Uh, it's great having you back. We really missed you a lot. I know Liz oh, missed yeah. you too. She was um, she was always saying I, we we want Mark back. I miss Mark, and and the listeners missed you. It's it's really great having you back. Yeah. And, no, um, it it was just well, you know, work got crazy. It it happens. It happens. But uh, no, it's just things have evened out. Uh, and after a couple months break, glad to be back on the mics. Um, we've still been doing QGD and D. Uh, still been keeping that up uh, regularly, and frankly, last session was kind of dramatic. Yeah. So you well, can be, you know, new episode was sent out to you, Mark. So, uh, th- so that's yeah, coming got, out very soon. I got soon. that. So that'll good. Uh, I've decided I'm probably going to re- start releasing those um, either on a Friday or a Saturday. I still need to figure out exactly which one. I want to try and avoid days when we're releasing an episode of something else, yeah. like classic or you know I, I that that way people aren't getting de- uh, deluged by 
uh, my content. All right, guys, we got to run, uh, but we just want to say, uh, hey, thank you for listening, for downloading and subscribing. Check out our other content as well, like QGDND, um, as well as, uh, oh, God. I'm... <sighs> Go to questgamingnetwork.com, guys, and check out all the stuff that we have there. You're going to love it. I guarantee you. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you. Oh, no!